All right, what's up? How's it going? Recording on a Sunday again. This seems to be the best rotation for myself, so we're gonna roll with it. Uh, when I was, when was this? A couple days ago, I kind of spend my week brainstorming about what I'm gonna talk about if I don't have a guest. And with cases skyrocketing again, I feel like everyone's pretty busy or got their own things going on or they're fixated on the U.S. election still. (laughs) So I just kind of dream about things to bring up, chat about, talk through. And one that kind of popped to my head a few days ago, and I kind of like the notion of it. I'm going to take the time over the next little while to... So I was born in the 70s, so my perspective on the 80s, 90s, and then things beyond that. But I think I've made it pretty apparent that I enjoy the 80s and 90s and really haven't stayed active or aware of what's going on with pop culture lately. So we're just going to run with what I know and what I love. So hear me out. (laughs) What I'm going to do over the next little while is I'm going to break down the 80s versus the 90s as a decade over a few different criteria. And then as I'm going over it, I'm going to try to decide and talk myself into what was the best decade to live in. And so today, my quick-ass research was on the music. So this week... I'm going to talk about the music of the 80s, and then next week I'll go over the music of the 90s, and then I'm going to slide into other elements of pop culture. Uh, So I'll start with who had better music, then I'm going to go into who had better movies, who had better TV, um, and then the political climate maybe, and then just the overall kind of state of the world at those times, and... I don't want to say happiness, but like just where where I felt uh, society was at at those times. But we'll get to those way later down the road. Today, 80s music. Love it. So I was born in 74. So I was six. So five and a half, I guess, when the 80s started. And so growing up in smaller center Saskatchewan um and you just I don't even know if I had cable tv then so anyways I vaguely remember the beginnings of the MTV generation and up here it would have been the much music um generation and just the introduction of music videos and then how that had an impact on the music industry as a whole because a good video might get an okay song over a great song with a shit video. And so, and then even just talking, like some of those songs that were in the original just batch of music videos, they would have got a hell of a lot more attention just because you these stations would have had to have filled 24 hours a day at some point. So were there 24 hours worth of music videos even? So we're going to start with that and just kind of, I've broken it down by genres, uh, which ones I enjoy, and then we'll get into the which ones I don't enjoy, and what I remember. So 
I may forget some stuff. Doesn't matter. Um, and then I'll talk about what I purchased, listened to, because at that time, my family would have been in transitioning from record and eight track into our first cassette players. And then as kids, we would have bought our first, what they would have called boom boxes, right? So um, we'll start with the obvious um, pop music and the MTV era. So this out of the gates at the beginning of the 80s would have been the big thing. You have your Michael Jackson's Madonna's Prince. Um, my sister was huge into the police. Um, Cindy Lauper was huge and she was also part of the the rock and wrestling connection, which was very popular at the beginning of the 80s. Um, pop music was huge. Um, it dominated uh, through music videos, albums, everything. Um, and Michael Jackson became because of Thriller, which probably was one of my first three cassettes ever owned. And so when you look at it that way, probably everyone my age, that was probably one of their initial purchases, right? Um, Beat It, Thriller, and just him solidifying himself as what was he, the king of pop. So, and then, yeah, Madonna, she was the first. Her or Cindy... I think Cindy Lauper came first, and then when Cindy kind of dropped off, then Madonna took over as that premier pop female like superstar, and so and Prince was up there, and just pop music was huge. It was radio friendly. Um, we had whatever local AM radio was, and so that was the dominant music for ages, right? And there would have been other stuff in there that would have been very radio friendly like your Bruce Springsteen's, your Hall & Oates, um, all that kind of stuff. And it's just Billy Joel, I think he was around earlier then, the Cars. um, I'm just flying off the top of my head here and trying to remember. The Cars had amazing um, music videos to come out of the gates, right? So that probably helped them a lot and probably helped Rick Ocasek score Supermodel. (laughs) And so that's, that's kind of my first thoughts is the 80s, the early 80s was dominated by just pop music and the MTV um, generation making it visual as well as more than just the music. Um, Another thing that I remember spinning out of the MTV generation is synth pop. And so that would be your Gary Newman's, your Men Without Hats, um, Bananarama, Depeche Mode, Human League, Eurythmics, and it is what it sounds like. It's synthesizer pop. And so that was a lot more the the keyboard synthetic driven sound. Um, Being Canadian, um, we probably got more exposure to Men Without Hats. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, meet them when they came through seven years ago. It's been a while. But with this complete wave now of retro music being super popular... And now a whole generation of people, I think Glee even did the safety dance. Like safety dance is one of those songs that it's just, it's an iconic 80s song. When you think 80s, safety dance goes hand in hand with it. The music video of him dancing through the British kind of, it's like a town kind of countryside theme, right? It's everyone with him and the midget and the girl. (laughs) And so that's one of those original like I said handful of MTV videos and so 
it got so much exposure and I appreciate it because they're Canadian and he's still going at it today. He took a hiatus. I think he has a either a mid or late teenage son now and um, he's back at it. He had an album out a bit ago and he's, I think, working on another album now. Um, but yeah, that not to derail myself, but synth pop was another very big theme of the early 80s and I think it kind of was getting big in the later 70s like I think Gary Newman was more 70s than 80s but once again Cars is another to me at least in my generation I think everyone knows the song Cars by Gary Newman as a synth song um the safety dance pop goes the world men without hats and then just Eurythmics Sweet Dreams uh later remade by Marilyn Manson but it just um, those would be the outstanding kind of, to me, I'm sure I'm missing something, but those were the big examples. Uh, Eurythmics would have been more of the European version of it. Uh, Gary Newman, I think, is British. And then, yeah, Men Without Hats are Canadian. So, um, but yeah, that was a super popular one and got a boatload of play on, M- like I said, MTV. And probably, I can't remember the start date of much music. And I'm already on a roll, so I don't want to go looking it up but so yeah we have just the standard pop and then we have synth pop and then so we're going to take a far left turn because in that batch of the original three cassettes that I can remember um, owning the least that were my purchases on my choices but based on just small town so you get mainstream but would have been quiet riot so now We're going to take a turn into hard rock, heavy metal, and the different variations of it. So Black Sabbath, um, Led Zeppelin, those would be easily 70s music. But then what they called, uh, then there was this wave of British heavy metal. And then in North America, they had what was called the new wave of British heavy metal. And so in the early 80s, you would have got especially there's the San Francisco bands like you have your Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax. Um, those are the big four as they're called now and those would be the big examples for American bands but then you also have Iron Maiden, Judas Priest um, but those would be like the metal bands and then but then you would reduce it down there was also the more radio-friendly, like, hair metal or hair rock, right? And so those would have been your Motley Crues, your Poisons, your Warrants, stuff like that. Did I say Poison? Probably. Um, and they were more radio-friendly, friendly, and they had that, like, glam look to them. And I think glam had a comeback at some point, too, for its look, um, hopefully with just the ladies. Because <laughs> when you look at, like, what was it, the Look With A Cat Dragged In album cover? Yeah, no one should look like that again anymore and and so and even just that then was reduced down into um also a more radio-friendly version of like hard rock and Motley Crue kind of evolved into uh, the that hard rock category and then a bunch of other bands kind of flew out of that so for me personally I started listening with Quiet Riot and then it kind of whatever hard rock became radio friendly I kind of enjoyed and listened to quite a bit and so and then 
was introduced to Metallica in maybe the late 80s. So I didn't get on board with them until I think when Garage Days came out. So just right before and Justice for All. And so Metallica ended up being my favorite band for decades. And so I like the thrash segment of it that came out of the 80s. I know there's people that are more into the British side of it. And obviously your Iron Maidens, your Aussies, um, your stuff like that. Um, but you can't talk about the 80s without the without bringing up the birth of modern heavy metal and just kind of how it was refined and how a lot of those California, San Francisco bands ended up being the ones that kind of became the icons and what people think of as not the initial wave, but like I said, it was called the new wave of British heavy metal. And to this day, I think... If you walk up to someone and say, name a heavy metal band, um, if they're not Gen Z, <laughs> I'm assuming they're going to say Metallica. Like they've become the flag carrier, the standard bearer and the bar for success in metal. Um, metal, I think, hit bigger heights in the 90s. I'm not going to talk about that now. I'll get into it next week. But as far as um, very viable and um, great niches for music and genres Um, you can't talk about the 80s without talking about heavy metal um, hard rock hair whatever you want to call it Um, it was a huge piece of it Um, next I would probably say at least and I'm not naming these in order of um, my feelings of them because I went through phases I think everybody goes through phases and so before I got into heavy metal I obviously, like a good rural white boy, I had a rap phase. This would have been early rap. I think, I don't, I'm pretty sure, what is this? I can't remember the name of the song that was considered like the earliest rap. Um, But it was once again, kind of cleaned up and mainstreamed. And then once again, MTV kind of bolstered it. And so... My earliest memories of like rap, hip hop would have been Run DMC. And I think that Walk with Walk This Way was overplayed with the Aerosmith version. Um, my favorite, the Beastie Boys. I, I'm on a huge kick for them again lately. And I just re-listen. License to Ill is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's one of those ones that I can listen song one through the whole album and just kind of enjoy it and I think it's timeless and and the ability to make a timeless album is impressive because so many like I would say synth pop was to that era and so that is that slice of the 80s and you can pinpoint songs to that period I think Beastie Boys is one of those things where you could take some of their music and drop it anywhere in time and I think it would still succeed and do well um other great rap artists that either started or were on the verge in the 80s would have been NWA, LL Cool J, Public Enemy, MC Hammer. Um, but I think MC Hammer didn't hit You Can't Touch This until January 90, but he was on the radar. So yeah, the rap thing definitely became... Um, 
total viable musical genre. Once again, music videos completely um, bolstered it. Loved the Beastie Boy music videos. Um, the Walk This Way video by Run DMC with Aerosmith was huge. Um, yeah, it just it took off. It's so amazing how many new or like just things exploded in that um, decade, especially the hard rock metal and just the rap hip hop kind of becoming completely viable and becoming their own powerhouses in the music industry. Um, And then as we move on to the late 80s, you would get into the, the very beginning seeds of a couple other movements that would have been um, alternative rock and grunge and so another one of my favorite albums that I think kind of started meshing things and led to um, out of rock and more into an alternative style of music would have been The Real Thing by Faith No More there's so many different layers to that album and now in retrospect, Mike Patton, the lead singer of Faith No More, is probably my favorite vocalist of all time. Um, he does so many things and he can do anything with his voice, at least I think. Um, and he's done other stuff. So he has like Faith No More, Mr. Bungle, Phantomas. He does so much stuff. He has like a 1950s uh, Italian pop album. He can do it all. Um but not to get off track too much, the alternative thing started happening. And some of the big ones coming out of that, REM had started getting their foothold in, like I said, Faith No More. Um, On the dirtier side of it, Ministry and Nine Inch Nails were already establishing themselves somewhere in the late 80s. Um, The other examples I found was like Dinosaur Jr., The Pixies, Sonic Youth. Um, Sonic Youth, I think some would argue, might... Um, push more into what is the beginnings of grunge and even nirvana um, was becoming a thing before the 90s Um, i would have to look actually i am going to look when nirvana bleach i think was their first album so yeah june 89 so yeah um grunge officially if they were the standard bearer for that form of music it was kicking off in the late 80s but I don't want to get too deep into those ones because obviously alternative rock and grunge were some of the major major layers of the 90s and right now I'm trying to argue why 80s music is the best and so uh oh and no I'm not talking about country at all So, (laughs) um, yeah, so those would be the ones that jump out at me with my, um, with what I saw from the upbringing I had. Um, I didn't move out of smaller town until 93. So my entire view on this would be based on me growing up where only mainstream music and, um, top 40 radio stations were my source so I never would have learned about something I guess in much music whenever that launched but that and that alone would have been my knowledge base for music and so for the 80s um it was fantastic love it there's 
a bunch of music videos that I love to this day. Um, Tom Petty's Don't Come Around Here No More gave me nightmares when they cut up Alice as a cake. Um, Land of Confusion, I believe it was Genesis, um, with the puppets. Uh, it was an amazing video. So much. There were so many good things. And people got to be creative above and beyond just the music then. They got to put an image to it. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, I left out Van Halen. How can you leave out Van Halen? Um, they had 1984, which was one of the biggest albums of the early 80s. And then they broke up with David Lee Roth. Um, his Crazy From The Heat EP spawned a boatload of great music videos and some campy shit. And um, then the Sammy Hagar version of Van Halen, which I'm in the minority. I like the Sammy Hagar version more. Um, they had, I think they sold more albums with him than they did with Roth, but they weren't huge until they were underground popular, but I don't think they were huge, huge until 1984. But once again, that's that hitting that MTV wall and having great videos, great music made you a megastar if you could layer both of them together. So shit, my apologies. I should have been naming Van Halen ages ago, um, with, the hard rock and rock and roll genre in general so love the 80s so pop synth pop the beginnings of hard rock hair metal and just the beginnings of the gritty north american metal um the beginnings of rap making rap super mainstream my favorite beastie boys um and then at the end of the decade when people i think got a little sick of super squeaky clean stuff that's when your um alternative and maybe the seeds of grunge came in um great music um i would probably venture to say my favorite album uh personally of the entire 80s would be metallica's master of puppets i still don't i have not heard an album that where every single song is um amazing perfect the order of the songs is amazing and it's just that helped sculpt my youth i love that album and just coming from somewhere where we didn't get access to stuff that wasn't mainstream the first time i put that cassette in and pressed play um it punched me in the face and i was just blown away and i fell in love with that band forever right so that would be now looking back my favorite album i played the fuck out of the cassette i still have the cassette it's in my beat up old jeep and i still listen to it um i think a close second behind that would probably be licensed to ill i listened to that so much for years because this was a time where if you bought an album you just put it in your walkman put it in your boombox, and just played it and if you didn't take the time to rewind the song that you liked for the one hint wonders, um, the good albums like License to Ill, you just play it and let it flip and just keep listening. Um, yeah, great stuff. Um, yeah, love the 80s. It holds up in certain areas super well. Like I said, the metal is timeless. Some of the rap is timeless. Um, some of the pop and synth pop, when I go back to listen to it, it does, it doesn't hit me the same way. So it's very much period pieces, I would say, but yeah, I love the eighties. I love the eighties music. And so 
as a whole, the music would get a minus. It wasn't an entire amazing decade, but it was so good and so creative. And like I said, with the advent of the video, just people got to go nuts and add that extra layer and add visual to their audio. So that's my thought on 80s music and how it resonates with me and what I liked and what I remember. Um, And next week, we will get to the 90s.